Hello, hello. It is Tuesday, April 28th, and UFOs exist. We've been known that, but the Pentagon actually released three videos of UFOs just roaming the skies in our Air Force or Navy or whoever's up there just caught them. Wild time to be alive. Just write it down. I would suggest maybe a diary at night. Just write down some shit that you learned throughout this entire thing. Because in like five to ten years, we'll look back on this and say, wow. Can't believe I survived that. Anyways, I think you'll be able to survive today's show pretty well. It's a good one. Good conversation. Good chitter chatter. Okay, good chitter chatter. Let's get to it, boys. Being joined by a man who I think might be the most interesting person in sports. He's tied back to David Falk, who was Michael Jordan's agent, who I sat next to courtside for the Indiana Pacers games. He uh, pointed at my shoe and said, I created those, which is interesting. Andrew Brandt said that this was the first time uh, an athlete had a national endorsement deal, and he was there alongside David Falk doing that. Then he moved into like an executive role for the Packers where he negotiated a deal for Aaron Rodgers. Now he's the executive vice president of Vayner Sports. He has a podcast. He's on the ESPN. This guy is one of the most interesting people I've ever encountered. Didn't know he existed until what? Last Last night, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Andrew Brandt. Yeah! Woo! Andrew, you're a stud. Hey, uh, you know, now I, now Pat McAfee knows who I am, so I may be getting a little more Q, getting a little more Q rating. <laughs> and one of the other things I've done, which you didn't mention, I was the first agent for someone named Adam Vinatieri. Oh. So I, I'll tell you how old Adam and, and I are. I represented Adam from 1996 to 1999 i left the business to go to the packers in 99 and adam played what 20 something more years i mean it was just amazing that guy as How, you know what year did vinatieri leave the patriots were you there for that transition no i was at the packers like he came to me and i said adam you're just using me to get more money out of the patriots right? <laughs> i brought him in as a free agent we needed a kicker in green bay adam was interested it was real he wanted to leave the patriots and then, you know, I, I was negotiating with him and he called me. He goes, Andrew, dome, dome. Yeah. I'm like, what? he said, <laughs> Polian called, dome. I got to go. And I get it. You know, that adds, you know better than anyone, that adds years to his career going in a dome. So I couldn't get him in Green Bay. But, you know, I thought about it with Tom Brady this year. He wanted out. I mean, Adam wanted out. He wanted to leave New England. Everyone thinks, you know, you stay there forever. It's the greatest place. But, that was eye-opening to me back in 2006, I think it was. I think Vinatieri got franchise tagged, too, two or three times before he was finally able to go. So I think he was at the point where he wanted a long-term big deal. And I think he also wanted a little massage from somebody, too. Like, hey, we want you here, just like Tom Brady wanted to be recruited and things like that. Let's move forward here. Because uh, reading up on you and David Falk's relationship, that is something that's majestic. That is a guy who was a real trailblazer in the agency business. Did you just come out of college and want to be an agent? or want to be a business how did you get into this career path that you're currently in yeah pat i was a tennis player growing up in washington dc and, and went across country to stanford and you know i didn't really play there you know i was like on the g team at stanford uh, so many good players but i came back to law school back home in georgetown and lucky for me you know everybody asked me how do you get into sports big firm down the street called proserve and my hook, everybody needs a hook to get into this business, was I was a tennis player. They represent a lot of tennis players. I said, hey, take a chance on me. I can get you in front of some Stanford tennis players. Mm. That was my hook in law school at Georgetown. And then I look down the hall and I see, hey, 
this is this guy David Falk. He's got Patrick Ewing, Lonzo Mourning. He's got he signs Michael Jordan, and I'm like, hey, can I leave tennis and go work for that guy? <laughs> and and sure enough, he needed help. So I go work for David, and what an experience this was, as you referenced, you know, being around the Michael story in his early years. This was like '87. I left there in '92, so this was like, you know, Michael Jordan was not the phenomenon he was you know, going into the 90s. So as I, as you mentioned, we could get some Chicagoland Chevy deals. We did a Chicago McDonald's deal. But trying to get a national deal, you know, there, was, there were no black athletes doing national deals. I mean, maybe Walter Payton, maybe Dr. J. So it was a struggle early on before, of course, the Nike thing took off. How do you guys get in the room? Because I would assume a lot of this is, okay, we just got to get, uh, we just got to get in the room to have this conversation. I, once we get there, I assume you'll be able to sell MJ, but how are you able to get in the room and things like that? Well, on the bigger deals, you know, he had to perform and show the metrics on the business side. Like I said, with the Chicago deals, what was he doing for Chevrolet uptick in Chicago for McDonald's uptick? Hmm. And that, that was palpable because this was an exhilarating player like we'd never seen before. So then we go to McDonald's nationally. Then we go to Coca-Cola nationally. Then we start doing those deals. And then, of course, his star rose in the NBA. But I just remember it not being the easiest thing right away. And then, of course, the Nike deal. And David, there's a whole slew of people claiming credit for Air Jordan. Uh, but Who was it? Know, he was definitely part of it, but I'm sure the Nike people feel like it was their brainchild as well. Oh, <laughs> what you just said right there was interesting. I was trying to read your. I was trying to read what you were just saying there. I'm sure they. So it was a group effort. You're saying Nike and it was David. A group effort, but David. Yes, no. Let, don't get me wrong. David was a big part of it. But if you talk to people in Portland, Oregon, you know they're going to say, <laughs> "Hey, that was our idea, Air Jordan." So we'll, you know, I, I, I'm on David's side for that. Well, a master, a master class in business these days is trying to make somebody else think that it was their idea. That's a master class in business. So that's something you probably learned rather early. How did you then transition from that, being in this basketball, being with the biggest agent in basketball, still representing clients to this day, by the way? I texted him the other day for the first time after getting his phone number. He said, oh, I got a guy in Indiana still. How did you transition from that into becoming an NFL front office guy? It's a long story, but I'll pack it in pretty quick. Perfect. Because I went, I, you know, you mentioned basketball. I saw David having that, you know, so invested in Michael in the NBA. What I saw was, hey, there's an opportunity in football for me at ProServe. Started representing the guys we had, one of which was Boomer Esiason, Frank Reich, the Maryland guys. Mm. And we're like, okay, I got a football practice. Then in 91, I'm doing a contract with Mike. Uh, Lynn of the Minnesota Vikings, he looks me up and down. He says, you speak Barcelonan? I said, what is that, Spanish? He said, yeah. Turned out it wasn't. And he said, <laughs> We're starting a NFL Europe. Would you like to be one of our first general managers? And I didn't really want to leave representing players, but I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> so I, I was the first general manager of the Barcelona Dragons for two years. We, you know, fans cheered at the wrong times. They did the wave the entire game long. It was... <laughs> It, we had to bribe customs to get our equipment out. I mean, they cheer. They didn't cheer at the touchdowns. They cheered at the extra points. It was quite a experience like that. doing that. And then NFL Europe suspended, came back later without Barcelona. 
and uh, I went back into the agent business. At that time, I went up to Boston. I was working for Bob Wolf Associates. That's where I worked with Adam. I worked with Matt Hasselbeck. Mm. And I even got a client named Ricky Williams until Love. he left me for Master P. <laughs> <laughs> and once he left me for Master P, the exact same time, I get a call from the Green Bay Packers. Mike Holmgren just went to Seattle. He took the guy that ran the business. Would you like to switch sides? So there it is. I, I moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin for 10 years. And I think a lot of people know what a coach does, what a scout does. Someone like me is kind of in the middle. You know, it's like I'm the voice of caution to the football side that wants to go sign this guy, this guy, this guy. And I'm the voice of aggression to the business side, which sometimes wants to be, okay, we're not, we're not doing that for another year or two. And we don't, we, as everyone knows, we didn't have an owner in Green Bay. So it was kind of this this flashpoint between the two sides, which of course coalesced, you know, when we took Aaron 15 years ago. Aaron Rodgers, whenever you guys drafted him in the first round after he slid down from being the number one overall prospect, Alex Smith gets drafted, he drops all the way down. You guys sign him. It was obviously an interesting situation. Brett Favre had already hinted at retirement at that point, but it was another three years that Aaron sat there, and then he gets in and obviously becomes a superstar. The Green Bay Packers this weekend did not win over any more of their fans at all. Drafting Jordan Love with four years left on Aaron Rodgers' contract is a man who's negotiated contracts and been in that type of situation especially for the green bay packers make sense of that does it make any sense to you for me i think it's a stupid idea well pat let's talk about 15 years ago because i was in the middle so we two things happened that night number one all the guys we rated first round except one gone <laughs> you know we wanted demarcus Ware, bad gone we wanted marcus spears bad gone both Swag with dude. Dallas. We wanted Derek Johnson, linebacker, gone with Kansas City. Second thing happening is no one's taking Rodgers. So here we are, and we look up on the board a couple picks away, and we're like, oh, my God, there's only one name. And he plays the same position as the most durable quarterback in the history of sports. <laughs> in the history. So now I got the coaches pulling me like, Andrew, no way. We can't do this. We can't take a player that won't help us this year, next year, who knows, whatever. And then on the management side, Ted Thompson's like, hey, what do we always say? Trust the board. Trust the board. Mm -hmm. And the board is telling us that's the guy. And then we have this back and forth. Then we get on the clock. Then I get Aaron on the phone. In 12 minutes, I keep him on the phone in case that phone rang with a good offer. <laughs> the phone never rang. And we took him. And Brett was livid, and Brett's agent was livid, and our fans booed, and everyone hated it. And here we are. Now, flash forward <laughs> 15 years to the day. I'm obviously not part of that. But this is different, Pat, because in 2005, Aaron fell in our lap. In 2020, they made an affirmative step to go get that guy. And the only thing I can say from their point of view is this. One, trust the board, and they said that guy will never get him after the, after this pick. Go get him. And number two, the, we, the Packers fans in front office are the most spoiled group in the history of sports. We, we have had a franchise quarterback for 30 years, and their goal is to have a franchise quarterback for 45 years. And if that's the strategy, okay, this is the guy, just like Brett, just like Aaron, this is the next guy. But I understand the criticism because this is different. 
coach and general manager all all in on this pick. You saw Matt LaFleur all smiles. So we're going to have a rubber meets the road moment because Aaron's got four years left. This kid's going to be signed for five years. And it's no longer sit a guy for three years like Aaron. Do I think he'll replace Aaron this year? No. Do I think he'll replace Aaron next year? No. But I think we're looking at a reckoning point kind of 2022 because you don't sit guys three years. Aaron was kind of an anomaly. Since then, everybody's played except Mahomes sat one year. Everybody goes in. So it sets up a difficult situation. They're going to say all the right things. Aaron's going to say the right things, but it's going to be difficult. Aaron is going to be judged for everything he says. He always has been, even since day one of the draft. And his contract is set up that the next two years is basically where all the money is. After that, it's a free reign. If Matt LaFleur is trying to reshape this offense into the offense he wants in the future, like he had with Marcus Mariota, I guess it makes sense. But it makes they could have. They were in the NFC Championship last year, Andrew. They were in the NFC Championship. You get you maybe plug up a couple holes on the defense, maybe get him a weapon, maybe you get to the top. But I don't know, Andrew. It has been an honor getting to learn about you, sir, and I hope I get a chance to talk to you again. Likewise, Pat. Stay safe. Good to talk. Hey, great to talk to you, too. Good Green Bay Packers gear. That's going to be needed, I think, the next couple months. Andrew Brandt. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, he was awesome. Yeah. He was really awesome. That was his stuff. See, that was a little bit different. Aaron fell into our lap. He was also the number one overall guy. (laughs) We traded up for this guy. Trust the board. Trust the board. Hey, that guy's one of the most interesting humans I've ever heard in my life. Still rocking the tennis look. And by the way, check the watch. (laughs) (laughs) You hit the tennis ball out. Today's show is brought to you by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the hub for everything happening in your neighborhood. For instance, on Nextdoor, I'll be able to get into the neighborhood that's on one side of me here and the other side of me, see what damage happened. Nextdoor is the hub for everything happening in your neighborhood. Everyone is verified, so your conversations stay private between you and your neighbors. It's available in every single U.S. neighborhood. Stay in the know with what's going on in your neighborhood, whether it's road repairs, an amazing new ice cream shop, or proposed school restricting. Nextdoor is the best place to hear about it first and a trusted source for local knowledge. Now listen, also, maybe something's been going on at your house. You want to find out who the hell was doing it. Nextdoor's place to do it. You know, maybe somebody's taking advantage of your trash cans because you don't move them back to your house quick enough in their eyes. Even though you're not a part of a homeowner's association, you can find out about it on there. And in moments like this, when a potential purple part or a tornado warning happens and a tornado siren goes off and there's massive amounts of wind, you know, maybe your neighbors need help, bang. That's a quick way to do it. There are so many ways our neighbors can help us. We just need an easier way to connect with them. Nextdoor is a free app that connects you to your local community so you can talk to your neighbors and tap into the trusted local knowledge right from your phone. You move into a place, Nextdoor is the perfect app to get to know the lay of the land. If you live there and you haven't met all your neighbors yet, bang. Nextdoor is the perfect place to meet people. It's the best way to stay informed about what's going on in your neighborhood. Nextdoor is in every neighborhood in the United States, and neighbors are already working together to build stronger, safer, and happier communities all over the world. All with Nextdoor. For everything that's happening in your neighborhood, there's Nextdoor, the neighborhood hub. So what are you waiting for? The app is free. Go to nextdoor.com forward slash pat to sign up and see what's happening in your neighborhood. Be sure to use the link from our show to sign up so they know that our show sent you. Go to nextdoor.com slash pat to sign up and see what your neighbors are talking about. Be sure to go to the link to make sure that they know that our show sent you. Okay, I was probably only supposed to read one of those. There's four of them. I mean, I could just read the other two, too, but you get it. This is a great app. 
you know, not a lot of people just out there, especially now, you can't go outside and talk to everybody. Get the next door app, see what's going on, what's cooking in the neighborhood. Maybe a block party's coming around, huh? On the other side of this whole thing. You never know. Shout out to the next door app. What the hell is that sound? I think that's AJ. I think it's Mr. Hawk. What are you doing over there? That is AJ Hawk <laughs> to my left. AJ, what do you got going on over there, pal? Oh, nothing. Just just taking care of some rappers and trash <laughs> and such. You called me early. I'm so used to starting. You calling me after 1 o'clock. You called me at like 12.58, so it's good. It's I good to see you punctual, Pat. I apologize. I'm not that punctual of a human if it doesn't matter like it doesn't on YouTube, but uh, I apologize for hitting you up early. Is that from our first round draft party? What? The All of the rappers and piss bottles and things of that nature? <laughs> no, I, I, I clean up everything as I go, but no, I was just I unwrapping a few... For some reason, they send cigars in plastic wrapping. I just I don't like it. Oh, that's probably to keep them fresh, if I had to guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't piss once that first round. It was four and a half hours we were alive. You did not pee one time. I had to get up and leave, actually. I think two hours into the thing, I had to go pee. You and Jordan Palmer had an electric <laughs> conversation, just an electrifying conversation. And while I was peeing... Stop right there with your stupid sarcasm. <laughs> We all understand what you're saying. Well, no, no, no. I was talking about the electrifying conversation that I got to listen to while I was taking a piss in the bathroom right over here. I had my ears in, so I could still hear you, even though I was uh, a little bit of a way. Uh, so, I mean, but you didn't piss one time, not one time. Those are the people that hang out in the pool all day. When you're on vacation, they don't get out one time. It's like, oh, they're just pissing on everybody. And then you realize yourself, would I rather walk a quarter mile to go to the bathroom? Would I rather walk into the ocean where I could potentially get attacked? Or do I just walk in this piss pool that everybody else has been pissing in, and then I do it? And I think I need to know how you handled a four-and-a-half-hour show without peeing one time. Well, I just I, I rise to the moment, Pat. I knew it was going to be a it was a, there was a big build up the week leading up to the draft. I was excited, so I wanted to be here for all the people that tune in and watch the show. You know, there are some people who like plan the way they drink for games and shows and stuff like that. Commentators, legit. I want to let you know. I've I've seen it. I've heard it. Michael Cole, WWE. They got like a WrestleMania for seven hours or whatever. They have a three hour show. He like he he told me like, oh, you got to plan when you're drinking the waters. I was like, really. Because I would just house water right up until we get on the air, and then I'll have to piss every single TV timeout. <laughs> Thursday night, those Thursday nights, I was sprinting to bathrooms <laughs> on the other side of the, um, like, whatever the, the media thing is, every single TV break. I, I have a small bladder, but I think you pee into those urinated bottles. I think you do. No, I can kind of turn it on and turn it off when I know I'm going to be able to go. For four and a half hours, you can turn off your bladder? I did. I was so invested into the show and into the draft, I was just... Like I was in the lab. I was just going around trying to figure out what these teams are doing, Pat. All right, let's recap what the teams did do. I said this earlier today, and a couple of people came after me, and I feel like a lot of people probably agreed with me. I think with the draft, you can get better or you could stay the same. I didn't know that you could get worse, and I think the Packers got worse. <laughs> I think the Green Bay Packers somehow, in the middle of a quarantine, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, made their team worse. And let me tell you why. I don't think it's because Jordan Love isn't a talented player and this isn't because of Jordan Love. It was just a wasted pick for their team right there. Not only did they trade up and lose a fourth rounder, it was a wasted pick to a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl last year. Then they get a running back. They already have two good running backs. Then they get an offensive line. Good. Like that move. But there's, there's no real 
pick that makes them better. There's no real pick that takes them to the Super Bowl next year. They didn't even address the defense, which gave up 300 yards rushing. But what they did do, I would assume, and this is just me, I have not talked to the man, but if I am me, they do that to me, and I, I know there's only a couple years left, and I'm like, come on, man. Like, let's try to win right now. I'd be fucking pissed. So the only thing they did this weekend was figure out a way to piss off the franchise quarterback. And I think that is why they didn't get better they didn't even stay the same. Like 99.99% of the teams here, I don't think anybody gets better or worse, or, or gets better or maintained. They got worse, I think. Am I wrong in thinking that? I, I, we overreacted. I, no, we didn't. It's even <laughs> worse here four days later. It's an even worse pick now after seeing the rest of their plans. It was like they really didn't do anything. And I think I think this is going to be tough for LaFleur to figure out here. Four years they got with Aaron still. Four more years. Yeah, I mean – with, it's a weird argument to say, did you get better or did you get worse? Now, you could say, oh, hey, we may have not gotten better in the present day right now for our team this upcoming year, but did we do things to get better in the future? Yeah, maybe. We don't know. That's still a wild card. Who we know what, knows? We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be, but what you, I think the message that you put across, whether you wanted that message out there or not, it makes it look like the Packers are trying to rebuild and have like a rebuilding process when I'm like, hey, you know they went to the NFC Championship game, right? Like, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. They had a trade-up from 30. When you're picked 30, by the way, things went well last year. Like, that is, that's that's what that means. Like, like well, I just, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense to me. Well, the rest of the draft is what confused you, didn't it? Like, they, oh, yeah. They took a running back. Uh, what, Never heard of from Boston College, which, yeah, good, like, power back, but now they, they said they have a three-headed monster in the backfield. Okay. <laughs> you who know, wants to split those reps? That's what yeah. I was about to say. You know who loves having a three-headed backfield? The other running backs love it. You know, every running back I've talked to, they're like, listen, if you can give me less reps per game so I can't figure out the game flow, that'd be much better for my running style. Just take them out of my – now, granted, I understand you're going to have to have at least two running backs in the NFL because there's a lot of shots and you need to give a guy a blow every once in a while. I understand that. But a three-headed monster, just on video games it might work. On paper it might seem like it works. But I think every great running back that you've ever talked to or ever heard of is like, yeah, I'd kind of get in the flow of the game to see where the things were going and stuff like that. Like, that's just something that happens. That's the difference between video games and humans. None of it makes sense. It, it's obviously LaFleur and dun, 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 trying to prepare for the future. But it's like you have the you have the present, right? You have a guy. You have a guy. Everybody wishes they had a guy. You have a guy. And now you're like, man, fuck it. Let's move forward uh, three years from now when everybody else in the NFL is going to be doing the exact same thing we're going to be doing because Lamar Jackson is going to make Stooges think that that's just easy to do if you get the right people in there. And I guess Tannehill had success, but Derrick Henry is an anomaly of somebody in the backfield. So if you just think you're going to be able to copy those offenses and have the same amount of success while everybody else is getting used to that style of offense and you're getting a knockoff version, no offense, Jordan Love, but kind of offensive, I guess. You are not Lamar Jackson. If you're uh, maybe you is maybe he is maybe they think he's Lamar Jackson and that's why they didn't think next year as the same style of offenses are in college still they might be able to find a guy that they didn't think that they'd be able to find a guy they like more than love the year after that they didn't think there'd be another guy who's maybe a red shirt sophomore right now that we don't even know about they didn't AJ just hung up there yes he did see you later he said
Huh. AJ. Hey, jeez. You think he didn't like your take or what? Yeah. So you're just upset about the Packers? I thought I was really going there. Yeah, he's so. upset about the Packers. Yeah, that's what it is. He's just sad about the whole thing and yeah. just couldn't take it anymore. Which, by the way, it makes sense because I mean, I almost got into a fight in the car the next morning <laughs> after they took Jordan Luff. He's back. I'm back. What happened? Well, your connection was a bit weird, so I felt for the viewers, if I dropped off and we reconnected, maybe it would be a better connection. Oh, you were fine over here. I know you were not fine over here. Yeah, but I think ours is probably the one that's going out. I know. That's why I didn't want to hang up the whole call. I didn't want you to hang up. I thought maybe uh, this will help it out. And now you're, you're much cl clearer right now. Oh, I respect it. Here we go. We were lagging this morning, too. Mm, I don't know what, you know, bit. it's those damn 5G towers. Ah. It's those 5G towers trying to take us down. We got somebody drilling into our roof right now mm -hmm. for the next couple of days. Do you think they're putting in a tower? I hope. That'd be very nice if they put in a tower. <laughs> yeah. By the way, there's a hypothetical. Would you sacrifice the internet in this office for 40? Yeah, I, w I would. No offense. But to get this internet a lot better than what it is? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We take that 10 times out of 10. 10 times out of 10. Anyways, they thought they couldn't find another Jordan Love in the next couple years to figure out the, new, the future of the offense. They must have loved Jordan Love so damn much. Matt LaFleur had to love him so much, it feels like. It feels that way. And the question is, okay, best case scenario to see what Jordan Love is, if, if he could potentially be the next franchise QB in Green Bay, what, best case scenario for them two, three years down the road? I mean, I mean Aaron's still under contract. You're going to have to find a way. Like, I don't get it. If Aaron's still playing at a super high level, which I would expect him to do that, all right, we're going to pay a guy. We're going we're gonna to have to go to a second contract with Jordan Love before we've really seen what he can do on the field. Jordan Love is not in a good position either, by the way. Even if he's the next Patrick Mahomes, this is not a great position to be in because I guess he could see, see playing time, though, if Aaron gets hurt, which I guess is a viable thing to think about if you're a super pessimistic person. Uh, the Buccaneers didn't do that. The Saints signed Jameis Winston, but they didn't use their first-round draft pick on it. I mean, there's a lot of – I guess there is, if you want to be a pessimist, well, if he gets hurt, it's a big problem. I, I can understand that. But, man, you're, all you did was piss off your guy. That's not a good thing to do. Speaking of piss off your guy, Isaiah Thomas, did you see that last night? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan still hates him to this day, <laughs> and I respect that so much. I respect that so, so much. What were your thoughts on episode three and four of The Last Dance? I thought it was good. People were, were definitely uh, excited to see them show like the, the Pistons-Bulls rivalry, and then we, we got to see how the Bulls kind of overtook them and became the next hot thing. That's cool, man. I, I like it. I I like the whole documentary series. What we have, we're four parts through of ten, so there's six more. Yeah, I would. Quick math: forty percent of the way through this thing. <laughs> Bingo. You know what I mean? Forty. I mean, Dennis Rodman stole the show, obviously. Oh. Going to Vegas mid-season. He needed a vacation. He needed a vacation. I need a vacation. You know what? I want. I want some more details, though. So, then Jordan pops on and says, "Well, yeah." Of course, he wasn't on time. So Jordan has to go to Vegas, get him out of his hotel room. Where was the team during all of this? They're probably traveling for a game or something. I would assume that was in between games. Carmen Electra says she had to go hide in the hotel room when MJ showed up. I imagine like him being a dad walking in there, knocking off the drinks and whatever drugs are there. They said that he grabbed him by his nose ring and told him to get the up, I guess, and then took him back. I guess the story is just legendary. Could you imagine if any of the shit you saw last night happened in the modern world? If any, any, just any part of it. Jerry Krause getting loose up on the plane up there. <laughs> if people knew that was happening. If 
Dennis Rodman walks out after a game on a Miller Lite, heading to a vacation, hops on his Harley. Could you imagine if that happened these days? What if uh, Michael Jordan just got his ass kicked by the Pistons? Could you imagine? What about missing a free throw? If any of this shit happened modern day, it would be catastrophic. It would be huge out of the middle of nowhere. But Dennis Rodman taking a vacation to Vegas in the middle of a sixth championship run is absolutely insanity and absolutely fantastic that he pulled it off, made it happen. And I don't no spoilers because I mean, they jump forward and then they jump back and then they jump forward and then they jump back, which I enjoyed the first week. Hated last night. Absolutely hated it. But anyways, they're going to win this. And he came back in better shape than everybody else, I guess. Good. Rodman's just a specimen dude just a specimen it, it, isn't it impressive how phil jackson kind of massages his relationship with dennis like he he can be the the parental type like he's hard on him make sure he does what he, he does his job and does everything but then he he like takes himself out of the equation and he's like hey dennis is like a free spirit man you gotta we gotta let him go like he, what is the whole thing you gotta if you love someone you gotta let him go to come back to you well and it's also kind of like dennis dennis was going crazy man he needed some time i, I wanted to get in some more detail about jordan i wish they would have said so mike Tell me, did you hit the tables at all before you went? <laughs> while you were we waiting, know, we well, know Michael loves to play some cards. While you were waiting for Rodman, okay, to pack up all his shit upstairs and move Carmen Electra out and whatever, did you go downstairs and like I don't know, throw around one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars on the cards table or what? How fast do you think Jordan volunteered to go to Vegas to get him? <laughs> yeah, he probably went the night before. I'll go get him. When do we need him? Two days from now, 48 hours. I'll be out there for at least sixty of those eighty hours. He'll end up staying. Good for. Um, Good for the whole. I mean, I'm really enjoying this documentary a lot. I feel like I'm learning so much. First week, I thought I was like, you know what? I don't respect Jordan enough in his game, which I don't think I ever did, by the way. He was doing shit that people had never seen before. So that first impression of humans seeing somebody float through the sky and double pump and all that stuff was something I don't think a lot of people have seen before. So I can respect the, the like, yo, this guy's a completely different animal. But then I started respecting his competitive drive and his leadership and the whole thing. He said he was going to look horrible. I don't think that's the case at all. I do. I, I was interesting to see him miss a free throw to win a game or tie up a game in the Eastern Conference finals but i think he i think unless he's last 60 percent, he yeah. comes out to be a real dick i don't know how he's going to come off looking terrible well do you think how do you think he looks when he's sitting down in his awesome house drinking whatever kind of whiskey bourbon i don't know what he's drinking Cognac. then he has a cigar the whole time aren't you always trying to figure out how many times he refilled that glass oh yeah and and how far along are we and did they ask that question earlier i'm using that thing as like a minute glass almost next to him trying to see what the hell's going on like the sands of an hourglass so is the whiskey for jordan <laughs> you know, what was fun was watching them they were partying after they won the eastern conference final so they were what four or five days away from starting the nba finals and yep. they're I thought they. I thought this was footage from after they won the championship, but no, this was just to get to the championship. And Jerry Krause was dancing on the plane. It was. It's pretty uh, enlightening documentary. Yeah, but AJ, you know, you know, just like I know, those plane rides home after wins are awesome. I couldn't even imagine if it was beating the Pistons for the first time after losing to them three times and getting your ass kicked. That plane ride home, it was. It was absolutely electric. Even Jerry Krause was out there having a good time. That thing would have been upside down. I assume Packers' planes were the same exact way. Man, our planes used to be awesome. Not even close. Not even one... 50th of what that looked like. No, are you kidding me? Really? You're like legit part. Well, first off, they served booze back then. They couldn't. 
they couldn't serve booze on the planes when I was in the Oh, league. Mike, you missed it. You oh. can sneak it on. I know you guys <laughs> can sneak it on. Oh, you missed it. Oh, my God. Those are the best times ever. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel so bad for you. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you're being serious or not. I'm dead serious. No, they were very strict about things. Oh, my God. They used to. I, I used to talk to the trainers back, I don't know, probably – early game. 90s the trainers would tell me everyone got like three beers you'd have like a little sack lunch that had oh. three beers in your seat <laughs> so i would talk to the trainers they're like oh it's great because you know a lot of guys didn't want to they don't drink or they don't drink beer so i would i could stockpile 40 beers for one flight home like the trainers and whoever else wanted it i literally had to bring a cartoon sized bottle of crown royal every single trip that was just my i had to bring that in beer i, I literally had to um mule in a lot of stuff in my bag and everything like that. Like I had, that was a job of mine. The security people let it happen though? Uh, there was a couple of times where they'd see it and I'd go, oh, I didn't put that. And then they would just shut it. <laughs> like, All right, thank you. And then I would go see, on. In, in Green Bay though, we went through the main airport. Oh, you walk in the main my. airport entrance, you go through the main security, you don't have some back door. Is that still happening right now? I believe so. So not only is this motherfucker <laughs> drafting... My replacement four year, with four years left on my deal after we make the NFC Championship. They can't even have a good time on plane. Oh. They need an owner. Oh, my. You need an <laughs> owner. need an owner. Need an owner over there. They need at least one person on top to say, hey, we are missing out on those plane rides home used to be awesome. Now, granted, the, the next generation, like the more recent one closer to my retirement, they weren't as – you know, popping off. But the OGs, you know, the athletic trainers, the equipment managers, the people that have been around from the first regime, I mean, we tried our best to hold on to the good times there. But, man, those original flights there, my first three years, a road win meant like it was club in the sky coming home. And it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. Card games happening everywhere. Dice was being played. A lot of booze everywhere. Music playing over the thing. Ooh. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was it was like it was almost like everybody was like, "This is what we work our asses off for is for this trip home." And then immediately afterwards, it was like, "All right, now it's done." People had a bunch of drivers lined up as soon as they, I mean, it was. I can't believe you didn't get to experience that. That is a real shame. That is a damn shame. Yeah, it is. I, I guys would obviously guys could find a way at times oh. to sneak a bottle in or something, but it was never like a whole group effort. No one could ever get enough stuff on for that to happen. It just wasn't like we had a good time. It was fun. Guys are gambling. There's Bluetooth speakers and everything, but no, it was nothing like oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Oh my God. Karaoke here and there even. Oh, uh, we karaoke. had, uh, we yeah. had, we had karaoke on the thing. Guy almost got, I mean, <laughs> guy almost got cut. I mean, I think he did actually. Cause he For forgot. What? Well, it was like one of the first times that Mr. Ursay's daughter flew on our team plane. So it was the, uh, the new regime and we we're getting a little loose, made a rookie do karaoke Big offensive lineman. He gets on her and goes, I fucked two bad bitches at the same damn time. At the same damn time. At the same damn time. And then I guess, you know, uh, Mrs. I uh, forget her first, but Ursay's daughter was on the plane. So there was a, a assistant that came walking back. Excuse me. Put that down. Put that down. She's on here. It was a whole moment, dude. It was a whole moment. I've never seen anything like everybody just headphones on. Well, this party's over. That guy's about to go puke himself. <laughs> he knows his entire dream is about done. A um, couple more big news. Trent Williams to the 49ers for a third and a fifth round draft pick. Uh, Joe Staley retired. 
T's and P's, the incredible career for Joe Staley. I met him once at the Pro Bowl. Good guy. Uh, nothing really outside of that. But Trent Williams went for a third and a fifth round draft pick. If you're a Packer fan, you have to assume that pick number 30 probably would have got you Trent Williams. By the way, I'm not saying should have done that, but if you get Trent Williams in there, I'd assume fans would be like, okay, not a bad play here other than the 30 we could get. Third and a fifth. I expected a lot more for Trent Williams, especially with how long and how wild this is all played out. Trent Williams is an absolute monster. I think he's a stud. He obviously did whatever he could to get out of Washington. It would have made sense if Green Bay could have found a way to bring him in. You lose Brian Balaga out to the Rams. Your, your left tackle is solidified, and Bakhtiari is an absolute stud out there. If you could put – well, would Trent want to play on the right, though? I'm sure he could. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would have to figure that out because they need a right tackle. They don't need a left tackle. But I assume you'd be able to figure it out somehow if you could trade away – a third and a fifth for this dude. But San Francisco 49ers need him for sure. Niners got better. Absolutely. Is Now, do you think offensive line is a position you can sit out a year and still be good whenever you come back? Yes. If you are Trent Williams and you have played at such a high level for so long, he 100%, I think, can step right back into it and be the same guy he has been as long as he's healthy. You think he has a better pass set than me or no? I don't think anybody has a better pass set than you. On paper, my pass set should work against everybody. <laughs> until some, until there's somebody there for you to block. Well, that's what I'm saying. On paper, my pass set potentially gives up zero sacks all year. Not really, though. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, everything's going to start I mean, with the, the bowl. If I have Excuse a, me. I don't know what weight you're at right now, but if I have a 225-pound tackle, I think everything might start with a bull rush on you. Well, skip that part of the paper. Wipe that piece of paper out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm talking about just strictly technique. Technique wise, my technique might be the most sound pass set I've ever seen in my entire life. Every time I do it, offensive lineman go, hey, that's all pro pass technique. Great. What's it going to get you? How much do you weigh? 235, probably. How much? 235. I could probably get you right now if I had to, if you were coming off the edge. I'm not, I mean, you might hit me with that Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, you ready for this? Yep. Which camera? This one? This one? This yep. one? He can't see my feet. I got, yeah, I got you. Can you turn it down a little bit? Yep. Oh, there we, look, there we go. You see that? I'm calling out my guy. You see me sitting back? Good base here, AJ? Just, oh, oh, oh. oh, my God. Are you... Wait till you see the punch, too, AJ. I mean, BOW! Oh. Are you always going to punch like on that third kick? Because they're going to time that up and chop your hands right away. Nah, nah. Technique says I, I'm good. Technique says I do it on oh, the technique. third. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I read it on a book. Watch YouTube. You got a pump fake in your repertoire for that, too. Yeah, yeah. I can faint, too, if I need be. You know? I know Robert Mathis works with all his DNs about chopping hands down. <laughs> Not these hands. Not on paper. They don't get chopped down. Uh -uh. I chop their hands down. Yeah, what a fun, what a fun job! And then you get to do that sixty-eight times in a row, and if you get beat once, you suck. <laughs> just one time, just one time. If you lose one time out of seventy times, every single game, you're getting cut immediately. Sixteen sacks. This guy gave up sixteen sacks. Well, that guy sucks. Get him out of there. What a terrible yeah, you, job. You could have, you could have held your dude for five and a half seconds, but your quarterback is back there running around like an idiot, not getting rid of the ball. <laughs> One time, see ya. You're not getting that monster contract. You may not even have a job. What a terrible job. The worst. Trent Williams is very good at that, though, mm -hmm. you know, and said, I'm not doing this for Washington anymore. Get me the fuck out of here. They wouldn't trade him last year. 
Now he's a Niner. The Wait, where did he turn down? Someone tried to trade for him, and he said no earlier. Really? The rumor was Minnesota, <laughs> but they're going. denying that. Everyone denied that. The Detroit Lions are denying that they turned their back on a trade deal with uh, Billy O'Stooge on uh, draft day two whenever he lost his mind in fantastic fashion. Stomped out of the room. His kid had to get out of his way. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. And what, what was Detroit's uh, – what was their explanation for that? They said that I don't know. I didn't read the entire quote. I think Foxy did here. I actually heard them just say, "That's business, baby." <laughs> <laughs> did they really? No, I have no idea what they said. If they would have charged it to the game, I would have oh. been so happy. Oh. That's, that definitely sounds like something Patricia would say. Hey, that's business, baby. Sorry, <laughs> that would be with that big beard and Ticonderoga, just charging it to the game, man. Hey, sorry about that. Hey, sorry about your luck. Good luck out there. Who are you taking? Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, no, you traded him. Oh, okay. Oh, now you got 10 seconds left. Make your decision, Bill. And he's the, oh, he's the head coach and GM, so it's literally just him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. He is so mad right now. I just got off the phone with your fucking coach. His son's there. I couldn't even fathom that. That was awesome. That's, see, that was the drama I wanted to see. And by the way, that probably happened to other GMs. But they show it because it's Billy O'Brien. Yeah. Just like what with Jay Cutler, right? Whenever Jay Cutler was upset, get him on camera, get him on camera. You hear a director almost in your ear saying, get him on camera, get him on camera. By the way, T's and P's to his marriage as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn shame. Seven years of marriage. Oh. Couple reality show magical moments. Sad. Gone. In one happy divorce. Oh, man, man. That one took me by surprise a little bit. Out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. They were just happy in what? The Caribbean somewhere. They got yeah. a show. They got a show. There. Well, shows kill you. If you get a show together and you're a couple, it's over. Unless you're Duck Dynasty and then they get drive-by shootings. But <laughs> if you get in a, in a relationship and you do a television show, you got next to no. The Chrisleys, I guess, they're still together. But every one of their kids has about a couple breakups. It's just the TV show does not do you any favors whenever you're a couple. And their, their relationship... I didn't watch the show, but from the clips I seen, looked like it was a very hilarious relationship. Yeah, it was on the They're show. traveling and everything, and then whammy out of nowhere, it's gone, it's over. Black and white post from Jay Cutler. Yeah, hey, you know the first the first celebrity couple that uh, I think started that train rolling was Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson. Yeah, she she asked if uh, Tuna was actually chicken in the sea. <laughs> mm -hmm. They portrayed yeah. her bad in that show. She, <laughs> yeah, she, she, did she, they portray her bad, or was she just a young girl fresh into a marriage? Well, I mean, it's a couple different ways to look at it, I guess. AJ, jeez. I'm not blaming her. I'm saying she was, uh, wasn't she like 21 when she married, married that Nick was Lachey? A shot. What's that? That was a shot. At Nick Lachey? At both of them. Yeah, you did. No. You just took a shot at Jessica Simpson. Nick Lachey, Ohio guy. Isn't yeah. he from your town? I would never take a shot at Nick Lachey, first off. I wasn't saying anything about him. I was saying that they were young people married. He was 30. She's like 21. It's a big age gap. They're in different parts of, like, of their life right there. Completely different parts of the world. What was 98 Degrees, Big Banger? Uh, uh, yep, that is. There it is. We on to the part. There it was, right there. There it was. Two worlds apart. Mm. Him and Jessica Simpson, and then he decided to put a television on. He wrote that Hulk song. Hogan? Hulk Hogan, he and his wife split up. No chance. They got they no show. chance. Ozzy Osbourne? Ozzy's going strong. Sharon. Sharon! They had some issues, though. Yeah, I think they had real problems. And he got back oh, to yeah, He's got busted multiple times, but Whoa. Sharon sticks with him. Sharon, by the way, Electric Factory, whenever she gets on a microphone. Oh, yeah. You know, they should bring back Weakest Link and put her in there. Oh, oh yes. Why don't they do that? Who's they? 
the people. The people. people. You, you, know know who they are. you know. Come on, you know. The movers and shakers. The same people that are putting uh, couples on television so they can ruin their, their relationships. Seacrest. Your high society, AJ. All the Kardashians. I mean, their relationships all been. Oh, yeah. Even, I mean, one turned into a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Is that due to the TV show? Uh, yeah, for sure. I would say. I would assume that, rest in peace to Bruce, by the way, but I would assume that there's a chance that the pressures of yeah. television cameras being on you there is a little bit of a problem. Wasn't a lady before the TV show. No, he had a gold Became medal. a lady after the, the TV show. A plus B. X Factor. What is it? You name it. Show. Hey, we should start this show, by the way, shouldn't we? Wait till you see this, AJ. We got something special for you. Wait for it. Wait for it. We, we are. Old Foxy. Here's a drum roll. De- Detroit Lions got better. Shout out. You're the Buffalo Banger. Greatest sports talk show on the internet from 1 to 2 Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> so come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. It's McAfee and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks and he's a rust belt kind of guy. <laughs> That's the punter of the decade for the 2010s, kicking pierce missiles to the sky. Hey. It's McAfee and Hawk. <laughs> McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. It's McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Oh, oh, I mean, welcome wow. to the show. This is That's my, awesome. I, who's, sing, who's singing during that? God, it's Year of the Buffalo. I forgot his name because I, I went to text him last night, but I couldn't find him in my text thing. Dave, I think. I forgot his name. He's down, He was supposed to come out to our office, by the way. Right before this quarantine happened, I was going to have him come out to this office, and he was going to sing everybody into the office one morning. I was so <laughs> excited for it. He was going to be set up on our, our basketball court, and as Nick walked in, he would have an entire song for Nick showing up. <laughs> Wait, we it, talked about this group before, like yeah, earlier. The There's Buffalo. a couple people that don't feel, aren't as excited about this group as you are. Bingo. That would be Nick. That's why I brought him in. I was going to have him sing Nick in, and then... It, once that was over, he was going to follow Nick around for the entire day, singing everything he did. I was so pumped. I was so pumped for it. I was in a text message thing, and all of a sudden, quarantine happens. I was also supposed to bring in Master Phil. <laughs> yeah. Master Phil, the yeah. guy that was chopping up things with that knives on. Uh, he was supposed to come in quarantine. No, that's a travesty. We couldn't get Master Phil. Oh, uh, here are the Buffalo, also travesty. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, Both sometimes travesties. you just got to do less. Both are travesties. And sometimes a worldwide pandemic is a blessing in disguise. Well, he's got a song for do Jesus. less, Nick, if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, it's yeah. a banger. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's down. I don't remember his name. I wanted to text him last night and say, hey, thanks for that opening. I think me and AJ are definitely going to use it. And we love it. But I was going to try did to. You guys put then, did, did the boys go and put those clips together to the music? Yeah, Foxy put pictures on it last night. Where's Zito? Zito's here. He wasn't here the other day. Hello. Oh, hey, Zito. I, I don't know. I, I was, it was going to. I was going to be worried because Zito wasn't here on Friday, I believe. Yeah. Zito. Cable. Cable guy came. He had to sit at the house between the 9 a.m. to midnight window. Did you end up yeah. getting cable? We did. Yes, we did. We got mm-hmm. TV. They moved in this weekend, by the way. Worst thing on earth, moving. It sucks. By far. Right now, too. Like, oh. right now you're moving. That oh, seems yeah. very difficult. Well, the funny thing about it, where they moved into... There's an Airbnb in the same building they moved in, in the same house they moved into, down kind of its own confined area. Nobody told them that there's anything going on in the world. I guess they were having a uh, full birthday party in the Massive. Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Massive birthday DJ party. DJ was there. DJ Music, he said. Connor then heard the next morning after the birthday party, heard an entire recap in yep. his bedroom because they were speaking into the vents, basically. Directly up into my room, yelling every single thing that happened at their birthday party. So this house is much nicer than the old pub, but I feel like the 
it could be some inconveniences that could <laughs> yeah. make this a real problem. Hey, what are you going to do? Have, have you guys talked to the landlord yet and said, hey, what the fuck the deal here? Not really. Like, we knew that it was an Airbnb below there. We just did not think that there would be a DJ playing music all day on Sunday. Yeah, you're young. Dude, Middle of a quarantine. That's, yeah. that's going to happen. We'll crazy. just have to turn the music up on our end. Oh, you guys are going to battle with DJ? I oh, think yeah. so. Pass the aux cord, fam. We're going to work. <laughs> <laughs> just ruining everything. You know what you should play? McAfee and Hawk. McAfee and Hawk. Yep. You want to do some vocals on that thing or no? You? No, nah, I'm good. You guys are so good at singing. I don't even want to dip my toe into the water there. Well, well I think you should. Uh, Saints sign Jameis Winston to a one-year deal after signing Taysom Hill to a two-year $21 million deal, which is really a one-year $16.3 million deal. If you're the New Orleans Saints and you know Drew Brees has a limited amount of time left and you can get the guy who led the NFL in pass yardage last year and hopefully groom him and make him a better quarterback, is that not an incredibly smart move to do so? And also, you pay Taysom Hill to let him know, like, hey, we appreciate you, but you're not really our backup quarterback at this point. Yeah, I think it's a good move for them. And I, I see Jameis Winston's getting kind of praised from from different places for doing this move because he said he, he turned down more money from somewhere else, but he wants to go learn from Sean Payton, Drew Brees. He's probably hoping to go in there, maybe get some reps in, in, the, in some game action. I guess I don't know if, if they're blowing people out or unfortunately if Drew goes down like he did last year and kind of do to his career what Teddy Bridgewater did. I mean, you're on the Teddy Bridgewater plan. Step in for four games or something, play well, sign a nice big deal, and go become a starter again. Hit or some, stay in New Orleans and become their starter if Drew decides to go to NBC next year. Well, and you can hit some motorbikes in the locker room mm-hmm. after a big win. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of get your shine. Even if you're not in the game, you can eat a W in post game. Yeah. What about the other quarterbacks? Andy Dalton's out there. What, Joe Flacco's out there? Cam Newton's going to the Patriots. Is he? <laughs> well, the betting odds went from, like, plus 400 or something to minus 160 rather quickly. So something happened or minus 190. Yeah, they didn't draft a quarterback. That's what happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but still, whenever the whenever the Patriots do anything, it's like you're you're trying to figure out what Bill Belichick's going to do, not if whether or not he cares. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't you love you love Bill's dog, don't you? That kind of stole the show. Hey, little husky boy down there. Have you ever seen a dog that disciplined, by the way? Mm -hmm. Son of a bitch. Of course he's the best dog whisperer (laughs) on earth, too. This dog just sat there staring at the computer, and then he even turned the screen down for him so he didn't get the glare. This thing, you know, Bill Belichick was born and raised in the Navy, right? His dad was the Navy head coach, so the Navy program's like his home. I wonder if he got some Navy SEAL to come train this dog (laughs) to be the best dog in the history. That dog is just chilling, nothing going on, no distractions. I'll sit here, and then some people... People on the internet were like, oh, that's a fake dog. He's got a fake dog. So then he walks over <laughs> and he gives him a treat. I mean, then afterwards, I mean, Bill Belichick, even being Bill Belichick, wins being Bill Belichick. I mean, this is just, this makes me think, not only can he coach anybody to be good at football, <laughs> he can coach dogs now too. They're going to win fucking 10 games next year. <laughs> They're going to win 10 games next year. That dog is a perfect depiction of his ability to coach and teach absolutely anything. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. Can you imagine, let's say Linda, his girlfriend for a long time, brings home a dog and the dog's just taking dumps on Bill's bed. (laughs) Bill rolls out of bed at 3.15 in the morning to go in the facility, steps in these little mushy turds from Nike, and then Nike jumps and takes his spot on the pillow. 
You really think that dog would make it for more than 12 hours inside that house if he wasn't disciplined? Listen, hey, you're, it's either you or me in the house. <laughs> we can be together if you want. You need to stop shitting and sit down and shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> and enough with the barking at night, too. I need to sleep. And if we get you on that goddamn boat out there in Nantucket, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Him and that dog's relationship is a beautiful one. That was awesome. That one today. Uh, that that one the weekend. Also, I thought Roger Goodell really did well with himself. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought Roger Goodell really did well for himself. I put out a tweet. I said, you know who won the weekend? I think Roger Goodell. Now, granted, there was a lot of backlash to that tweet. I was not 100% accurate, it turns out. I was not what everybody else felt, but I didn't watch the draft with sound on. You know, so maybe if people chose to watch it in mute and just see Roger Goodell in different places and spaces and costumes and gimmicks, you would have appreciated it a lot more because normally the only Goodell you see is suited, booted, standing, answering, but not really answering any questions. Now we got a chance to see him on a chair. He's loved for 30 years. He was eating those M&Ms. I saw him every once in a while. He was not eating. He was eating those M&Ms. Yes, he was. He was eating those M&Ms. Greedy fat cat. No. No, down our no. face. He was eating those M&Ms. Those. And yeah. by the way, they were peanut M&Ms, which is the best yeah. M&Ms. And once you eat one of those, I could see how he went through yeah. that entire yeah. thing. He was putting in screens? Uh, putting in screens. He's classic old white dad. I mean, he has done everything. Uh, now, granted, if you listen to it, I listened back to it a little bit. What people say he sounded like a robot and he sounded exactly like the same stooge he's always been. But without sound, I thought he had a fantastic weekend. Honestly, a fantastic weekend. All right, so, I mean, whatever Roger Goodell – so he announced every pick, though, right? He didn't tap in a reliever? Oh, no, he definitely tapped in a reliever. Uh, there, there was a lady, I forget her name. She was very – by the way, she handles business, that lady. As soon as she popped up on the screen, I'm like, well, that lady would have probably suspended me or expelled me whenever I was a kid at some point. <laughs> and if I was publicly intoxicated as a teenager, we would have had to see her like Zuko. Uh, Zuko was the county or the uh, borough. Magistrate. Yeah. Magistrate. She looked like – she was a – Stern business, she did it, and then somebody else did it as well. So he didn't do all. He did tap out a little bit. He had he, offset too. Yeah, offset. Well, prepped him. Yeah, they were they were previewing the. Thanks off. Thanks offset. Roger Goodell said. <laughs> hey, thanks the, offset. The, well, whatever Roger did, if if Roger came across more relatable to the American viewing public, awesome. Good for Roger. Did. Hey, Transitioning from like the more formal kind of look with mm -hmm. a sweater over it and all sweaters off. Oh, mm -hmm. no, like, oh, I got a t-shirt on. Look at me. I'm so relatable. I'm one of you guys. Huh. I'm just sitting in my old chair that I watch NFL football with. This is, yeah, this is my chair and that's my TV right there that I watch NFL football. He kept saying as he, like, he's sitting like this. <laughs> Well, he wanted to, right here for 12 straight hours. He wants people to know <laughs> that he doesn't watch no college football there. This is where I watch NFL football. College yeah, what, he, is that why? He couldn't ever just say, this is where I watch football. Like, I had to say many times, this is where I watch NFL football, which I've never heard anybody ever say well, like, I mean, multiple the times. I can't wait to watch NFL football on Sunday. Roger Goodell was sick of the XFL even being stated. And this means that the NFL definitely views college football as competition, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, I asked where I watch football at. Is it? Is it? Is it all football or is it? This is NFL football television, by the way. You put that other shit on here, I'm turning it off immediately. Is what Roger Goodell was saying underneath. I like to hear that a little bit. They view college football as competition. They don't like it much. That's good. I mean, the worst part of the whole draft was <laughs> every once in a while picking up my phone it's and good. just seeing the latest <laughs> cool. tweet. 
from Pat McAfee with a picture of Raj in different variations of what he was wearing saying, my commission. Like, that's the worst part of the draft. He had a good weekend. Just he, eat an M&M. Just eat one. He did. Well, he, not he did have a good weekend. He had a ton of weekend. You're not supposed to eat on the microphone. On, show us, show us that you're eating those He's putting on a show. I mean, what, what's he going to do? Open his mouth and chew into the microphone? Be relatable. Well, then he, he was, was relatable. He, How about at the end of the night, whenever he said, laying back and sleeping, and on he the said couch. seven different cities. <laughs> he was stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. Everybody's tired. Let's you know, get this fucking a, over. He said, with. It's been a long time. It's getting late. Like we get it. We know. We, right? we, we're here with you, pal. Steen and Eminem. He did. He ate all Multiple. of them. Any of them. People were asking too. It was never on the screen before. He said people were asking. So think about his friends yeah. that were asking. Honestly, he ate an unhealthy yeah, his amount of the M&M. M&M company. No, his <laughs> friends that go in the man cave and watch NFL football with yeah. him and eat M and M's with him. That's who he's talking. By the way, Portnoy's about to win that. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So what he's he's bidding to go oh. watch football with Raj? The most brilliant thing I've ever. This weekend, I was sitting on the couch, draft on mute. Scrolling through my phone, trying to catch up on life. And all of a sudden, I see him with his tweet of the NFL auction, sending it to him, saying he's about to win it. I cried laughing, I think. I think I actually cried laughing thinking about it. He got dragged out of the Super Bowl while wearing a fake mustache <laughs> just a couple years ago at Roger Goodell's discretion. Now he's going to be sitting He's going to be sitting on the armchair of, the, of that 30-year-old chair with Goodell. He said he's willing to go up to seven figures. He's a fucking genius. It is the most genius thing I've ever seen. So what's going to happen? Are they going to somehow claim that Portnoy didn't win? Oh, yeah. Get di- somebody named uh, Bodger Riddell <laughs> is going to win that thing for sure. I mean, it well, is. Or it's just not going to happen. Or like Raj is going to have to come out of his own bank account making 40 mil a year and be like, oh, the winner paid $480,000 to come watch football with me. And then they have some some plant come in there and show that this is what we did. Oh, yeah, look how much money we raised as Portnoy is just – Raising a stink on the internet if they don't let him in there. It is a, a genius move by him. Gen- genius. If you, genius. And it's not going to happen. They won't. I mean, he's going to keep fighting. But man, is there any way that that actually happens? That Portnoy's down there with Raj. I think Dave. I think Dave at this point, he knew that they would somehow not let him win. So he was like, oh, I got to at least let people know yeah. that I'm trying this because if he thought there was a chance of him actually winning, I don't think he. I think he would have kept it until he actually got it. So somehow, I assume there's already something cooking. I mean, what a! I fucking hope so bad that. And then he's going to shame the NFL for turning down all the uh, money that he uh, tried to donate. Oh yeah, I mean it's just. I mean at this point, it's just like literally just holding the strings right now. Whatever. I mean he is. And Raj, Raj can't acknowledge him or Barstool at all. But he's got to be like, come on, this guy again? Like, what, we never <laughs> it. It, like this way. Why'd you guys talk me into doing this all in challenge? <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. Knew I should have ate those M&Ms. He did eat he, the M&Ms. It's so your weird. commissioner, Pat. He won, the, he won the weekend. My commissioner. Who's your yours? Commissioner. Who's yours? Piece of metal, Rob Fred Manfred? <laughs> yeah, just a I piece of metal. I mean, I don't really pay what? a whole lot of attention to commissioners of professional sporting leagues, but what? What should? Come on, excuse me. I mean, Why? Why would I? <laughs> What's it going to do for me? Adam Silver. Whenever he's he talks, you should probably listen. There's probably something. Adam Silver seems to be the the most self aware guy that is like forward thinking when it comes to the NBA. Okay, so that's your commissioner. 
No, none of them are my commissioner. Why do you have? I don't don't sure label any like of these guys. You need my to have guy. one. Sure, sounded like you just said that uh, Adam Silver's your commissioner. And a lot of people, by the way, were telling me that in uh, in response to my tweets, they're like, Adam Silver's my commissioner. I was like, well, I won't let you know. Mark Cuban's my commissioner, but he's not an actual commissioner. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with this guy that just put a T-shirt on. <laughs> And I'm sitting, staring at his small basement. I didn't know A.J. Hawk was a Chinese supporter of the communist government. Oh, yeah, the NBA commissioner, by the way. Huh. Huh. Yeah, where did he he actually, what did, did Silver ever come out and talk about that when the NBA and the players wouldn't really comment? No. That kind of all disappeared quickly. After LeBron said that stuff, it kind of everyone just stopped. But a, lot the, of, a lot of money on the line. I guess I can kind of understand why they stayed away from yeah. it. But, still, uh, but if you're going to take a stand for one thing, you should, you know. Shouldn't you take a stand for everything? Nah. You calling your commissioner a hypocrite? All right, well, if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything, AJ. Uh, Speaking of, Mark Cuban said, if we can play with no fans, I'm certainly going to push for it, and I think the league will do it. I think we have a moral obligation to do it. So I assume Mark Cuban feels as if the moral obligation is we deserve to give our fans, the fans deserve us to give them a distraction during this thing. A lot of people watching this documentary, I'd assume, too, NBA conversations at an all-time high at the current moment, learning about the history of it. You got a lot of basketball players dominating on social media right now. All over the Sports Center Instagram is NBA. All over ESPN Instagram is NBA. All over everything is NBA. And now it seems as if Mark Cuban's on that committee to put sports back into rotation. He seems, whenever he says something, I assume there's some information coming alongside it. I assume that games without fans is a real possibility at this point so they can test everybody going into building. Uh, And if they can test every player, coach, athletic trainer, and things like that, I would assume they're going to do a March Madness-like thing, and I'm here for it. Well, didn't the NBA already announce that they are opening up some of their practice facilities in certain areas for mm-hmm. just small groups of guys, I guess, to go in and get some work and get some rehab. Are the Pacers open up the gym? I need to put up some shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to put up some. Are the Colts? You can go work on that pass set when the, once the Colts uh, place opens up again. Well, I've already worked. That's where, I've, that's where I perfected the pass set was at the Colts. And then it also got some work in like malls and airports mm-hmm. around the country. My public pass set is undefeated, by the way. I just want to let you know that. I wish I'd walk up to a guy like you in public and do it. <laughs> oh, my. I used to do that. I used to walk, like, right up to people. As they were walking, I would just pass set in front of them for, like, a like a half a block almost. And nobody would even acknowledge my existence. I wish I did it to a guy that actually knows something and hit me with, like, an ice pick spin move real quick. And I'm like, oh, damn, and I fall. That would be amazing. But that never happened. I'm undefeated. No, I would, if, if I saw you do that, like, if we were walking on the street and you just popped up out of nowhere and we're pass setting – I would take off on a dead sprint, and hopefully you were bat. You would backpedal, try to keep up because you wanted to keep up the whole the, your perfect pass sets. And I would just sprint. I wouldn't touch you. I'd make no contact, and I would veer, 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 bam, and run you smack into like a phone pole. <laughs> That's the right move. That, hey, by the way, that is the right move. I'm not getting sued for that. I can't. I'm not, it's not assault for me. I was just taking a jog. You didn't even know I was there, to be honest with you. I was being right. stalked actually. So the guy that just got knocked out, I'm suing him actually. <laughs> It was yeah. always a crowd pleaser. Speaking of crowd pleaser, Isaiah Thomas. That guy seems to be hated by everybody. And Jalen Rose made a great point. The bad boys, Detroit Pistons, they took down Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan, like the three most beloved characters potentially in basketball lore history. And they were the ones that did it. And they did it in a fashion that was brutal. Whoa. <laughs> Just absolutely, they got that uh, lame beer guy throwing punches like this. <laughs> Did you see him punching last night? 
I was like, what if somebody just caught him with a jab while he was watching it? <laughs> what? What if somebody just caught him one time? But that team played no games out there. Dennis Rodman was a savage. That was a team of savages. And uh, Isaiah Thomas, I guess whenever they decided to walk off and not shake hands, let's go not shake their hands. <laughs> uh, Michael Jordan and the boys were not happy. And for some reason, I, everybody assumes that's why Isaiah was left off the dream team because of that one decision. And he said this morning on Get Up that he's paid mightily for it because of that. That's something he always wished. Looking back, he was still a part of. Wow. I, I didn't know he – I didn't hear that he came out and said he regrets mm. that decision that much. But, the, I mean, those yeah. – like, Foxy, I guess, though. Foxy's a Detroit guy. Yep. The Pistons were – Everyone loved him. They were your team. They were going to beat up on everybody else. But then everyone else around them despises that team that the Pistons had. I thought it was great. I think it was fun. The bad boys, whatever. I didn't really get to see them in the run. I always see highlights looking back. But Bill Lambert, is he still coaching in the WNBA? He was a WNBA head coach for a Vegas. He did an interview with, um, what's that show called? The Five, the starting five, the starting. Rachel the, Nichols? Yeah, what oh, is the it? Jump. The Jump. The Jump. <laughs> <laughs> the jump. <laughs> That's on me. I watched the clips from that show all the time. The Jump. He was talking on there about how uh, he, if he cared about what the media said about him, he would have drove himself crazy. He doesn't care now, or and he didn't care then, that they didn't handshake the Chicago Bulls after they topped them as becoming like the new kings of the Eastern Conference. He seems like a savage. By the way, that's a guy, that's an ultimate guy I want on my team, and I hate to have him on the other team. Were there any guys like that? Did you play? A lot of people say Incognito was like the ultimate guy you wish you had on your team. Ha hate him whenever he's not on your team. I think he was voted like dirtiest player like maybe four or five years straight. Yeah. Richie Incognito was. And but he was beloved by his teammates. Was there anybody that you experienced like that? Well, Richie was the first guy that came to mind when you when you mentioned guys like that. Um, and I, I was always aware of that. Like I, I always loved Richie and his craziness. I thought he, in the moment, I'm like, man, like, all right. You got to make sure you watch out. You don't know where this guy's coming from. He's not, he's not gonna he's gonna finish through the whistle. Uh, Rayola, the center in Detroit, one of those guys. But I always respected how how hard he played, and so I always loved it. I, I could kind of see like, all right, this guy it sucks playing against him. I understand, but you know what? If he was on my team, he'd be our best friend. Like I I knew in the moment. So then you could kind of have that respect, I think. So was there weeks going into games where you knew you did not have to face somebody that was going to go through the whistle, and was that a much bigger relief? I don't know if it's a relief. It's kind of fun sometimes. A lot of times you'll be watching, like with the whole defense, you'll be watching and a coach will be presenting like, okay, this is their second and medium. This is our plan. And he'll say, all right, now, hey, watch out for whatever. Look at 54. Don't be standing around a pile. Don't be messing around because this guy will get you. He may go low. He may go high. Don't be standing around ever. And it kind of keeps everybody, gets them keyed up, and then it causes more uh, more interactions during the game because you'll be waiting for that guy to come and try to knock somebody off a pile or do something, and everyone's already watching out and trying to take care of your own teammates during that that moment. But then after That's the game, beautiful. though, usually you're cool with those guys. That's beautiful. Hey, just want to let you know, don't even fucking think about turning your back to the guard. That guy <laughs> will make you eat it if you don't. We're talking baby ACL. We're talking definite concussion. Watch yourself. I bet you guys thrived and loved being labeled that guy in other people's film. Oh, Absolutely. Even being labeled like dirtiest player, I think guys take pride in that. I think so, too. They called me that there for a while. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, I was headhunting out there, AJ. You know what I mean? At least you're headhunting. I, I, I respected guys that were dirty 
when they would headhunt. I didn't respect when guys were dirty and they'd go after your knees. Well, they, they kind of changed the rules to make people go after the knees now. How did you feel about that change where they changed the strike zone uh, and an over-the-middle ball? You can no longer, if you hit shoulder or above or whatever, it's a 15-yarder, which was making guys go lower. And you heard a lot of wide receivers come out and they were like, to be 100% honest, I would rather the chance of getting hit in my head than getting my knees taken out in a high-speed collision. Now, granted, I don't think it's caused that many terrible situations, but I feel like that is something that they almost started pushing there for a little bit and then happy it's kind of died off. It has kind of died down. Yeah, you talk to any receiver, they hate that. They hate like catching a ball. Say there's a receiver or a, a DB kind of draped on them Safety's coming over the top, going low from like the second he catches the ball. They're going. I mean, Gronk is a prime example. Oh, Gronk is, is so damn big. You can't. TJ, if you want to tackle him up high, like in the strike zone, like his torso. Good luck getting him down. First off, so they all he'll have a guy underneath and a safety over top, chopping his knees instantly. Like that's dangerous. When you're trying to catch a ball, your foot is just planting, and someone's going after your knee. That's where you tear ACLs. That's where you tear all the ligaments in your knee. Or worst case or best case scenario is like. Oh, I just got a bone bruise on my knee that's going to hurt for the next nine months. <laughs> yeah, the bone bruise is the hardest one because they can't do a surgery to fix it. Uh, it'll kind of heal itself. And you're like, when? They're like, anywhere from a couple weeks to a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're like, what, we got what? Ten weeks left in this season. You'll be good to go by the beginning of next year. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> so I'll just play. I'll just play through it. Cool. Cool, good. cool, cool, cool. You guys didn't wear a lot of tour doll either over there. Jeez. They need an owner. I mean, <laughs> Green Bay Packers, man. Huh. It's a conservative group, conservative bunch. Not really. Yeah, I mean, not anymore. They're, they're, they're ready to just go ahead and take their foot and get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, pal. Pretty good flexibility there, huh? What's it going to be like when they go back to offseason or like oh. I see when the, oh, how's the Zoom meeting? How's the Zoom meeting? Imagine Aaron signing into the Zoom. Everybody's just watching him the entire Zoom, right? Offense coordinator goes, Aaron, you got any questions? Yeah, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I, all right, I'll see you later. Just slams the thing shut. I mean, I I don't know how this is going to work. Because if I'm Aaron, that's not just something I could just bury, right? Like, I'm going in now, I'm staring at those people every single day. I'm like, oh, I hate you, and I hate you. Oh, this should be fun. Day two, I go in there. Yep, still hate you. Still hate you. <laughs> Week 10. Well, I fucking hate you even more now. I mean, how does he bury that? I guess he's got to be much more professional than I could ever be. He'll, he'll be professional with it, I'm sure. But don't you think they they set themselves up, the front office there in Green Bay, to have a situation like Jerry Krause with the Chicago Bulls and how they treated him? Oh, yeah. What if he just starts burying goots in practice? <laughs> well, not even like crazy over the top, just like little comments. Like, you remember the one comment, I think, on one of the first episodes when Jordan's like, oh, come on, why don't you come shoot Jerry? We'll lower the hoop for your short ass. Like, stuff like that. By the way, that's not really a – that's not a – Taking those fat pills, Jerry? That's, yeah. yeah I, asked him first. I mean, Aaron Rodgers going to write a movie and, and make a character that's a goblin after you? <laughs> I mean, it's just – it never – I don't know. This just feels like a very interesting thing. Somebody tweeted, and it was a great tweet, and I wish I could give them credit for it, but I apologize. They said that Gunther Kunt and LaFleur watched the uh, the first two episodes of The Last Dance and thought that Jerry Krause was the star of the show. <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, this guy's the guy. Let's go ahead and do that. That does, That is what it feels like, to be honest with you. I'm... I'm done. I'm done talking about. It. I guess James Devlin has retired. Yeah, he just did. Fullback for the Patriots, right? Yep. He mm -hmm. was a rugby player. Uh no, it's Ebner. Uh, mm. Devlin was first team All Pro two years ago. He got hurt last year. Okay, how old is he? 
Uh, I don't think he's that. He's in his 30s, but he hurt his neck last year. I think that's what it has to do. Fullback is not a position where you can just bounce back into the game after you hurt your neck, right? That feels like a pretty uh, well-needed part of the body if you're a fullback because you're literally just running your face into people. That's the only reason why you're on the field is to run your face into people. You are a mobile offensive lineman hoping to help the person behind you run your face into another human every single time you're on the field. One of the toughest positions in all of sport and obviously james devlin was a hell of a football player for a long time well it's actually it's worse than i can all so you say it's a mobile offensive lineman you're absolutely right but it's an offensive lineman with a running start so you have these high impact collisions like offensive linemen yet believe me those collisions are every single play but they're they have one or two steps imagine if you have five or six yards every time for a collision and by the way if you're devlin if you're a fullback you got to play on all the special teams too so you're running down, blasting your skull with a 50-yard head start many times during the game. Tell the truth. I hope he doesn't watch. <laughs> you know my friend A.Q. Shipley? He was playing fullback there one year. He played. Uh, he was the king of the wedge. He was the middle of the wedge before they outruled the wedge. A.Q. Shipley was. Center playing wedge on kickoff return, by the way, because he was athletic enough. You'd see him running, and he'd just have two people come flying in at him, and he would have to just hit him. Then he started playing fullback for a year where all he would do is just run and dive into the thing. And I sent him a text. I was like, man, I just watched Concussion, and uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on you for about the rest of your life. I just want to let you know, those positions are unforgiving. As has been a linebacker. I mean, I shouldn't – I mean, you obviously experienced that, but that jawline of yours just kept your brain safe somehow. No, it's a, the key is that old helmet. got to get those old, heavy helmets. Get rid of these new-age, super light, terrible-looking things with the chin straps that don't come off and are like zippers. Yeah, that's the key. Shoulder pads, too. You chew on that thing? Yeah, you did have those big old shoulder pads when you were in high school. Do you in chew high on- school, yeah. Not in the league. Well, that, that was when you were knocking school. out 30-year-olds. Yeah. That was when you were knocking out Kirk Herbstreet. Headhunting Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> when you were in high school, you it's were trying to back. kill Good Kirk Herbstreet. Good memory from you. Well, that's all I got. I think you have a lot more. Nah. The, um, the, uh, do you do that, ch- that thing? There's a thing I almost got influenced into buying it. It's like a uh, it's a ball thing. It's like a, a you know how people get pissed off and they squeeze that thing. Stress ball. It's like one of those things, but for your mouth, and it says it builds up your jaw. Is that what you did to do that jaw there? I never did that. No, I, I, it makes sense. Like, why not? You work out everything else in your your body. Why not work your jaw out? You just did the infomercials, the influencer <laughs> commercial. Right? There. That was literally the first thing they said, and I was like, I'm actually intrigued by that. And uh, I thought about buying it. I didn't get influence yet. I'm almost an influencee, but I was like, they should be paying AJ Hawk to bite into that thing. Thousand percent stat. Just but like, who's it for? Is it strictly for guys that are playing combat sports, or is it for a regular person? Uh, I think it's for I think it's for a combat sport. I think I don't know if they were to go in the Shark Tank and pitch that thing. I would assume they would all tell them that they should direct their focus towards athletes and such, not the general public. I think they're currently trying to pitch to everybody, like, "Hey, get a good strong jaw in there." You know what I mean? It's like double bubble. I don't know if it works that way. If you're a big old fat stooge and you eat a bunch of steak, you can probably get the same thing. Every once chew while, on some just chew on tough steak four times a day. Everyone, you, every once in a while, you'll get that two dollars steak uh-huh. and that just you chew and you chew and you chew, and then all of a sudden, right here, it just starts feeling as <laughs> if they're just grinding together, and it's like, God, am I about to get locked jaw? I heard about this before, and then all of a sudden, you try to swallow it, and then you almost puke, and then now your jaw hurts and you feel like you're dying. I mean, those things can really 
those kids, they can really get you. You ever give it up before? Like you just chewed the taste out of it? Oh, like yeah. what, why is this even still? Uh, you, no. You've had a piece of steak just turn into jerky? Yeah, I'm just, just, just going to spit this spit out. out. Like more oh, my dogs do that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should probably do it. Texas Roadhouse right now, best steak I've had in a while. That bread. Oh, the bread. With the cinnamon butter? Come on, man. Come on. I got a lot Pat, of Pat, were you, were you uh, I hate to derail this riveting conversation, but were you surprised <laughs> that Philly drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round? No, I'm actually not. I guess Philadelphia's not happy about it. But if you think Jalen Hurts isn't actually good a good player, Carson is a guy who gets injured. Right? I mean, that's no offense to Carson. He's young and he's been injured. So he is a guy that you could say. Aaron Rodgers has not been a guy that's been injured. He's only missed time, what, two times in his entire career 2017 and 2012 or something like that. He's played for a long time. People are like, well, he's going to get injured. He's hurt. That's why you get a quarterback like Jordan Love. So if he goes down, it's like, well, he hasn't shown trends of doing that. I think Carson has a little bit. Carson was putting that team on his back last year. But if you think there's a chance it's going to go down or maybe put a package in for Jalen, I don't think it's that alarming. I would have somewhere else i would not have drafted him if i'm the philadelphia eagles but when he did it he's like okay i guess this makes sense and by the way i think i think if he if jalen hurts was drafted instead of jordan love to the packers i think people would be a little bit more understanding nobody has a fucking clue who this guy is jordan love i mean it's just a it's a wild time did you hate it or love the jalen hurts move I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm kind of confused by this one again. I mean, he's just signed Carson Wentz, what, four years, 120-some million dollar deal. Was it last year? So he's super young. So I guess if you're saying, all right, hey, Jalen, you're going to come in. We might get you a small package early on in your career, and then we want you to be a, a career backup for Carson Wentz. Like, is that the plan? Is that what they envisioned from him? Carson Wentz, they paid him $100 million, too. And he was good last year, man. Carson Wentz was good last year. He's a stud. Lane Johnson yeah. talks very highly of him. I don't know what you're going to do with Jalen. Unless you're thinking maybe a Taysom Hill-like package. Which there's only one, Taysom Hill. There's Yeah, there's I, I don't know. Like And if you're the quarterback, like Drew Brees, there's, he, he handles it beautifully. But there's no way he likes coming out of the game when Taysom Hill comes in. Like If you're a quarterback, there's nothing more. Than, like You need to be, have the rhythm. You need to get a feel for the game. So to come in and out, and not really, you're not really sure when you're going to be coming in and out to. That's another very difficult thing, I think, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Those two are definitely eyebrow-raising. Got to trust the board. Got to trust the best available. Trailblazing. That's what Andrew Brandt said this morning about Aaron Rodgers, but then he also said Aaron fell to our lap, so we didn't trade up to go get a guy. It's a great point. Do you hear the Green Bay Packers said um, that they thought they only had one first-round grade left, and it was Jordan Love, and they thought somebody at picks 26, 27, 28, or 29 were going to get him. It's like, good news. That gives you an excuse to get the hell out of round one then. Hey, I don't know. if This, this doesn't mean you trade up in front, of the, <laughs> in front of the 40 minutes that you could find a trade. This means you probably trade out of it, pal. And they're like, no, no, no. If we only got one guy left that has – by the way, that means, what, 25 people had it? 26 people? Yeah. <laughs> also, it's not like they had a shitload of picks in those later rounds. They had one pick in the third round and one pick in the fourth round. Like they, I mean, makes they, no sense. They, they have like three receivers that won the second round, right? Three or four. Oh, there's a lot of receivers. Patrick Queen too. Everybody's talking about Patrick yeah. Queen because you know their defense was a little bit. Tr- I don't know how they're going to spin the narrative. I assume they'll give it a go as best as they possibly can. But I don't. I don't fully understand how you spin this narrative. And how, if you're Aaron Rodgers, are you not just incredibly pissed off? I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you're not pissed. I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to be. I, I don't. I, I have no idea. I, I wonder what he feels like. What it's going to be like. And also, we have all this time to where 
<coughs> excuse me, you can't. You all right? Yeah. We hey, oh. are, hey, are you okay? Is it cigars? Is it cigars? Oh, no. Oh, no. AJ. AJ. AJ, you okay? Just got addicted to those. Yep. My Chris Cuomo. <laughs> had to quarantine down this basement. That would suck. You know how bad that would be like, if you got it and you had to, like, what would I do? I would stay in one room in my house. Is that what happens? Yeah, I don't know. I, anytime I feel sick or some, like, uh, my lady feels sick, I lock myself away because I don't want to ever get it or give it to somebody who could potentially give it back to me. But I don't know if I could do that for f 14 days or whatever they're saying. Is that, do you, yeah, 14 days. Do you think that maybe you, like, you may manufacture a cough sometimes when you just need some alone time? No. Not a bad idea. No. No, I do not. It's whenever I get like, I don't ever, I don't really get sick. Does that make sense? Like, I don't get sick, sick. But if I get it, I'm like, I'm not good at it. Like, I'm not good. At it. I'm, not, I'm laying on this. Oh, you know, I'm like, I am very bad at it. I don't want this again. I don't want somebody else to get it that could potentially give it. But that's when there's like a 24-hour thing happening or whatever. This 14-day thing, locking yourself in a room would be pretty wild. Oh, what I was saying before that was sorry, now, sorry. though, with the whole COVID-19 situation, they're doing like virtual offseason. Who knows how that's going to go? Terrible. But we have all this time and all this buildup until imagine when they first go back to facilities and if they let the media in for open locker room that day. Can you imagine the scrum around A-Rod and Jordan Love? And their lockers are probably going to be close to each other. They said it's A-Rod and J-Lo. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah it's A-Rod and J-Lo. Who said that? Everybody. The internet, the internet said it. The internet. Good. Piece. Roger Goodell. No, because they're initials. No, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Aaron. Yeah, I get it. I understand <laughs> the naming thing. I don't know why. Okay. All Roger right. Goodell did not come up with that, by the way. If he did, even better for the week. <laughs> I would not be surprised if he did come up with that this weekend. By the way, that's how cool Roger Goodell was this past weekend. Go on. Are you? Are you? Can, are you? Do you still need to go on about Goodell? You? You haven't got it all out of your system yet. I mean, when you see that Manfred guy. You just can't help but go, you know what? Could be much worse, I guess. Could have well, peace of well, Who sees Manfred? Where is this guy all over the place? Yes, but Well, they buried him because it was good for the game, by the way, to get him the hell out of there. But remember the whole Astros thing happened, and then quarantine came in. And, you know, by the way, fans were booing. Fans were booing at spring training games. They were pulling them out of the stands. Mm -hmm. And Taking then quarantine happened. But was this the Astros? Could have been. Oh. Did the Astros do it? Smart. Smart. Because they're serving their suspension still this year either way. Oh, and there's going to be no baseball. No baseball, and they, no they get away scot-free. It's just like whenever I tried to go dump the water at the superintendent's thing. Yes. Because I didn't want to take the test. Get it suspended, don't have to take the test. Mm. That's what the Astros Is that doing. how it works out? Like if, if, if they don't play baseball this year, then just this time period is their suspension, even if they miss zero games? That's Correct. what Connor just said, and he said yeah. it very confidently. Yep. And Ty knows baseball. He said yes as well. That's a wow. good play by them if they just get a quarantine to worldwide pandemic, kind of just eliminate the entire season if you don't have to. Yeah, baseball's in a weird spot, man. They really are. With the whole I almost forgot about with all the, the draft happening, I almost forgot about the whole scandal that happened last year. Yeah, it's because nobody cares about baseball. That's what they want. Baseball, baseball is boring. Until the playoffs, then baseball's awesome. Yes. Um Kim Jong un was reportedly dead after a botched heart surgery this weekend. People were saying he's back alive. Some saying he's dead. Some saying he's back alive. Who knows who he can trust? But that guy said that he found a unicorn lair one time where all the unicorns live with a straight face. So if he's dead, we're really losing somebody who's one of the most ridiculous humans to ever exist in Kim Jong-un, also known as Jim Kong.
Well, if he does die, I know people are worried that his sister's going to take over, right? And they say she is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. individual. She's she she's the one that yeah. put the old thing on yeah. the old mm-hmm. old buddy's face to kill him in the airport a couple years. That ago. was her, huh? Yeah, that was, that was her play, by the way. She is an assassin. Yep, she is. Even if he does die, though, do you think we ever? Do you think they'll ever announce that? No, we'll just find out whenever there's more. Now, granted, this guy. Kim Jong-un once made somebody eat a missile from an aircraft carrier or something like yeah. that to die. You know what I mean? He once fed one of his brothers or uncles to a, a, a pack of canines. Okay. And his sister, though, a little bit more methodical. She has the, 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 whatever, the, the Casey Anthony, what's that? Uh, chloroform. Chloroform. Chloroform that you just hit you in the, in the air. Casey Anthony. <laughs> she did it, man. Nancy Grace fucked that one all up. You think she did it? Well, Nancy Grace forced it to trial before the people were ready for trial, and it was a botched... Uh, Is that what happened? I remember I watched a lot of that trial. Did Nancy Grace have a big part in that? Yeah, well, Nancy Grace, I think she kind of discovered that the thing was happening, and then she made a big deal out of it, and mm. it was like baby killer. And then, in my eyes, this is not an accurate assessment. This is just an opinion here. So I don't want Nancy Grace to... I don't want to have to ever talk to her, but I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but I think Nancy Grace forced that thing to trial because of how big it was getting, because how big Nancy Grace's show was. And I just don't think the state was ready to take it to court yet and uh casey anthony found some holes in there with her incredible defense uh-huh. jose baez who also represented aaron hernandez in his second uh murder trial and got him off and he was going to represent him on an appeal for his first uh murder and was probably going to get him off jose baez there that guy he can get you off video killing somebody somehow <laughs> hey is there uh does he sleep uh, at night you think yeah he seemed he probably sleeps great in a pile of cash yeah fluffing it up on his pillow i think he's pretty good really got to yeah huh hey i i heard there it got me thinking when you mentioned nancy grace haven't heard that name in a while isn't there somebody there that is nancy grace in studio with you today i have no idea what nancy grace (laughs) (laughs) i was hoping ty ty check out some youtube clips i think it'd be right in your wheelhouse nancy grace is in ty's wheelhouse is that real yeah with her accent and how she's so over the top and like I watched. Hey, I used to watch her show a lot. Then after the Casey Anthony thing, I was like, can't do it. Too much pressure. Nancy put too much pressure on the state attorney. We just let a baby killer walk out there. Let a baby killer out. Casey Anthony. I mean, she's got a. It's probably difficult to reacclimate into society right now. I I mean, it's been years and years. I think the first thing you got to do is change your name. I think that yep. that's like the guy Jerry Sandusky works for the Ravens with the G Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. That poor Switch guy. Switch it up. He's got to. I mean, he has it. By the way, I think he was famous long before the other Jerry Sandusky was. And then, really? Yeah, it's like all the Adolfs that kind of went down. Whenever mm-hmm. you know Hitler ruined that name. Got to change your name. Got to change your name. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, AJ? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on in the world. Now the draft happened. What do all these coaches do? They were pre- they were preparing for this draft. They're doing all this stuff. Now they have these virtual meetings they're doing. Cliff, like what do they do other than when they're not having these virtual meetings where they get nothing done? Cliff Kingsbury's flying women in. I think just think? from all parts of the world. I think we should really have a maybe. Um, we should be checking 
that part of Arizona for potential coronavirus from how many people are going to be traveling in. I think people. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is going to be flying him in, but I think there's going to be some people flocking to that house. Yeah. If they can, he looked like he was living in a drug lord's house, man. Didn't he? that house was beautiful? Good for. There's another guy that might have won the draft. Uh-huh. Cliff Kingsbury, Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell won the draft. That's who I think. Hopefully for Cliff too, he can win. I know. Did you see the meme like they show he and Belichick and it says like, what? How many rings does Belichick have? Nine. Counting his time as a D coordinator too, I think. Jesus. Versus like versus Cliff's or yeah, rings nine rings versus wins. five wins, and they show them side by side. So if Cliff wins, I think like yeah, it's one of those things where people love to go back and point to why people aren't successful. They think, oh, what do you, this guy dresses nice and has a cool house, so he must be a terrible coach. Like no, there's multiple different ways to go about it. Pete Carroll probably has a cool house if I had to guess. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, they're in Seattle. Yeah, Belichick, that's like his his vacation house in Nantucket that he's drafting from. Yep. Here's a question for you. Yeah, his house might be a vacation, but Bill Belichick's never on vacation. He's always yeah. watching film. How much right. of the virtual aspect of the draft do they keep? Because All you know it. Roger had to love sitting there watching the GM's kids run in the room, and yes, yes, more of this, more. Well, he didn't have to travel. I like the players with their families, by yeah. the way. I know that I might be different. The green room, I just never understood why anybody did. Now, granted, AJ did it and had a lot of success, and it was a fun night. But I feel – what, dude? I didn't go. Oh, okay. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Now, granted, AJ didn't go because AJ has a brain. But, like, when I was at my house and I got drafted, my dad and I, I think we were both crying, hugging each other. Like, that's a very intimate moment. And I think in the house is awesome. Now, granted, them giving us glimpses inside the house comes with its own set of problems. I mean, obviously, the the girlfriends of the world did not obviously outright win the weekend. And family members were insane and stuff like that. But I felt like that was just so much better. Maybe you do the top 10 draft picks come across the stage or something like that. I would assume that they're going to have a full sit down, write down. How do we take some of this stuff moving forward to cut costs for us, by the way. Well, that's what it used to be. It used to only be like a handful of people yeah. in the green room, and then a couple years ago when they turned it into a primetime event, they started inviting everybody to the green room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, look back at the picture from, I think, the 05 draft when Aaron was there. There's a picture of all the guys invited to the draft. There might be seven or eight of them. Let's not forget, though, that Nashville was pretty electric last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I, I feel like they're going to definitely – they should still keep that, some aspect of that – but maybe do it at the homes. No, I think they're going to go back to right what they were doing before. Like, look how many people they jammed the streets when they started taking the draft on the road. It's been such a gigantic success for the NFL to spread the game and all the whatever. Next year it's in Cleveland. And then does it come back to, to Vegas yeah. the year after that? Yep. yep. Yeah. Because Roger messed that up. I know. Didn't he say, oh, the 2020 draft will be in Las Vegas? By yeah. the way, he's a human. There it is. Humanizing <laughs> Roger Goodell and making oh, a mistake geez. here. It was late. What was that? Jeez, oh, you're right. Yep, you're right. What? So you just like really like Tagliabue, or what's your problem with Raj? Yeah, which I don't have a problem with Raj. I have a problem with Pat calling him my commissioner. He is my commissioner. He's not yours. I'm not in the league, so no, he's not my commissioner. Who's your commissioner? Who's Pistol. Your commissioner? I don't have a commissioner. I, I'm Pistol. not. A, I don't play Pistol. in the NFL. Chopper, Chopper, Chopper's your uh, commissioner. Do you see the softball team that Connor plays for? No. How would I see that? Well, if you watched the show earlier. That's your team name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He just whipped that hoodie off so fast. It was magic. Yeah, he's a pitcher for the Virgins, by the way. Do people uh, can 
Can people tell on camera how small that room that he is in? Uh, I mean, I think he's really made the most of it. He was a fool. He had a sword in there the other day somehow. I mean, he's he's really made the most of it. I, I don't think people give enough credit to Connor for the creativity that it has to take to be in a tiny little closet of a room and make all this happen. I mean, you're right. I've seen that room. It is not large at all. It, Connor's just... Just brewing farts in there. Like, absolutely. You do not want to go after the show, I would imagine. No, nah, he uses a fart bag. I got a bag. Everybody knows Connor uses a fart bag. Yeah. He's Come a virgin. On. Think about it. Yep. What is a fart bag? <laughs> oh, Put it together. You can probably figure it out. You know what a fart bag you is. Fart into a bag and seal it? Yeah. yeah. You got one on in your house right now, don't you? I've never heard. I don't think that works. No, I'll it does. What? It does. <laughs> it does. It's and like, then where, when do you release it? Well, it's like when, when Sonic outside. was underwater or whatever, and they had that little water bubble. And it was it's like s- AJ's piss jug, but for farts. Is that Sonic? Yeah, is that what it is? No, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah. Who was underwater, and then there was little Echo uh, the Dolphin. I knew. <laughs> not Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> not Echo the Dolphin. There was a video game my brother used to play. They were underwater, and then they had to uh, eat Mario. an air bubble. Mario? Oh, no, I think that was also in uh, Sonic. Air bubble. Not a big video game guy. I wish <laughs> I would. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happens with the farts. You just you kind of grab Trap them. You gollop. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. You can fart right into so the bag. Then, okay, let's say Connor has a multiple fart day. He's got to unseal that bag. Hey, you got to be tight on the draw. Let the old one in. Yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a level Let on the old Sonic. One out. Bingo. Yo, it's that. tough. I've been watching video games since way before Twitch, dude. <laughs> It's four still. One TV. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. 16 minutes after the hour. I think this show's over. AJ, a lot of smoke you got over there, pal. You were coughing earlier. Let's pipe it down, maybe, huh? Yeah, I don't know why there's smoke. Are you surprised the virtual draft said it had 55 million viewers? Average 8.8 or something like that throughout. I mean, that is good for them. I, I It's much bigger than the, uh, the Last Dance documentary. Yeah. That is just it's such a good depiction of <laughs> there's no sports on. We're going to release this documentary. It has six point something million viewers. Everybody's like, this is huge. This is the biggest ever. And then the draft comes around. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> is Schefter okay? Like, does Schefter say, okay, I understand why we had the draft now? Well, there was carnage in the streets. I mean, Schefter did. I think Schefter, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming when Schefter said that, by the way, as soon as it left his mouth, he was like, oh, according hey, to my also- sources, I wish I could get that one back. <laughs> do you think it was that, or do you think it was a calculated move because. On his part, in ESPN Brass was okay with it because they think it it makes them look good. Like, oh hey, even people we're not we're open to criticism. Like, even people in our own company, some high profile employees we have, feel comfortable criticizing us. Therefore, like wow. we're such an open mm. and, and transparent organization. That's a really good call. That might be the case. That might be. The I know case. ESPN is at, at times back in the day has gotten upset and they've gone back and forth. If guys, if, if employees should take like political stances when people try to say things politically and they say keep the sports basically yeah maybe this is another way of trying to say like hey look at us we're we're not some dictatorship you can do whatever you want yeah i think you could do (laughs) i think you do whatever you want to a point depends who you are i would assume yeah be who you can afford to be adam schefter that's one of their what top four people right now yeah, you can't lose. You can't lose Shefty. Shefty's probably top five over there because football wins. By the way, yes, a Woj bomb is huge, but if we tell any the documentary about Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, that people have never seen before, that is swearing has six some million or whatever, and then the draft though averages eight point something. I think football is going to win there, and Schefter is the insider for football. It's just the NFL's way. king. I mean, NFL's king. It's America. 
That's why McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk is your go-to Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. This has been McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. The greatest sports talk show on the internet from 1 to 2 Eastern Standard Time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. It's McAfee and Hawk. McAfee and Hawk AJ used to tackle quarterbacks And he's a rust belt kind of guy That's the punter of the decade for the 2010s Kicking piss missiles to the sky It's McAfee and Hawk It's McAfee and Hawk Hawk. Hawk. Sorry for interrupting. I honestly don't mean to. I just want to let you know that tonight, well, actually, it won't happen tonight because it won't just show up immediately, but within the next couple of days, you should sleep on a mattress that is more comfortable than the current mattress you've been spending this entire quarantine on. You know that bed that you've been rolling around trying to get comfortable in? You know that bed that you had to go to a weird mattress store to get? You know that bed that whenever you were buying it, you had some weird guy ask you, do you like the springs? Do you want to roll around in another one? Knowing that there was another weirdo laying in that bed before you. Knowing that there was potential lice or sweat or you never know what was on those beds. And are you really comfortable or are you just trying to get the hell out of there? Well, there's a company that has created the greatest bed alive, the most comfortable bed alive, and the most convenient mattress of all time. That's right. Lisa mattresses are the most comfortable mattresses and they show up at your doorstep. Right now, get 15% off all mattresses at lisa.com. That's L-E-E-S-A.com. Scientifically proven to be comfortable, all body types. Doesn't matter if you're big or small. Doesn't matter if you're round like a ball. Doesn't matter if you like laying on your side or on your back. They got that shit figured out, stat. Off the top of the dome with it. Lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A.com. 15% off all mattresses. Go ahead and snoop around. Just look around. Look around. You're going to spend a lot of your life in that bed, especially in the modern times that we're currently in. It should be a very comfortable one. And Lisa has made the most comfortable one. And it shows up at your doorstep in a box that you can unwrap in less than five minutes. Took us two and a half minutes to get our mattress up. It's convenient. It's comfortable. It's Lisa. L-E-E-S-A dot com. Get 15% off all mattresses. Right meow. Joining us now is a man who played nine seasons in the NFL between the Chiefs and the Chargers. He's a pro bowler in front of the show, Brandon Flowers. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! Oh, jeez. What's uh, going on? Well, you're sideways on our screen. I mean, you normally look... I'll, I'll article it up. Hey! There we go, there we go. Hey, you look great. How is life? What did you think of the draft? What stuck out to you most, Brandon? Great to see you again. Life is good, man. Just home with the kids, so that's always good times, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but um, you know, the draft was cool. Uh, some things that stuck out to me was uh, Green Bay, how they didn't get receivers for Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers is well within his rights right now oh, to ask for a trade. I agree. He he's obviously in year fifteen. He has three more years tops. He's just like, I want to win another ring before I get out of here. But they're building for the future. So I know he's upset right now. I like what Oakland did in the draft with uh, mm. gra- grabbing rugs first round for that deep threat. 
everybody knows uh, Gruden loves the deep ball. They got Tyrell Williams on the other side, so they're explosive. And they got a good cornerback out of Ohio State out of that draft. So those are two uh, teams that stuck out to me the most, you know, when it came to the draft. Uh, Okuda goes number three overall. And this is a guy that everybody's saying is a game changer. Does this happen on a regular basis where people see a corner as a guy who's the next potential Revis or Sherman, or is this guy truly different in your eyes? I think he's just a, I think he's a good player, definitely. But I just think the need because of Slay leaving Detroit, Detroit had to grab the number one corner off the board. You know, I don't think he would have went that high if uh, any other any other team would have jumped to get this guy. He would have probably went 10 through 15 because he is a, still a great player, but Detroit just had that need, and they just wanted to get their guy, you know, no matter how high they took him. I don't think he's a number three pick where you just can't miss him. He's going to be a Sherman or a Revis. But he, he's definitely a good player. So Detroit just um, met their need with that pick. Let's talk about the Chargers, a team you know a little bit about. They get their quarterback of the future in Herbert, I would believe. You think Tyrod Taylor starting this year, Herbert sitting behind him and learning? What do you think that plays out as? I think Tyrod's going to be the starter this year. I don't think Herbert's going to come in ready to beat him out uh, his first year. Uh, if I was the Chargers, I would have looked more into trying to get some firepower because the only – Two quarterbacks I think possibly could have beat out Tyrod Taylor was Burrow and uh, Tua. Mm-hmm. I think after that, it, it was Tyrod to beat those guys out. I think uh, Tyrod was a little bit ahead of his time when he was in Buffalo. The way the NFL is now, the way he can use his legs, throw the ball, I think he'll, he'll be the starter this year. It seems like that's the way if you don't have the guy on your – now, granted, the Packers do. It feels like a lot of the NFL is transitioning into that. After seeing the success of the Baltimore Ravens and after seeing the success of the Tennessee Titans when Ryan Tannehill and they became like a dual-threat quarterback and Patrick Mahomes has the ability to move even though he slings it all over the place, is that the future of the NFL, you think? Let's get an athletic guy at quarterback and let's see if we can make this thing as multidimensional as possible to confuse the hell out of the defense. It is just because it's so much harder on defensive coordinators. You always have to have a spy. You can't use extra man in coverage. When you run man-to-man, you can't have linebackers just drop underneath because you're going to need these guys spying on the quarterback unless they're going to make you pay for 15-yard runs. So I think offensive coordinators are now seeing what is keeping defensive coordinators on their toes. So they're just trying to implement that in their offense right now. How come the Wildcat didn't last, you think, down there in Miami? Was the league just not ready for it yet? Yeah, the league just wasn't ready for it. Just like the whole Tebow thing, we just haven't seen it before. So once you know they're running the ball for sure, you know how to just stack the balls, make everybody stay in the gaps. But when you have the threat of throwing a ball or passing the ball, that's when it gets tricky for a D coordinator to stop. Somebody tweeted me this morning and said, Taysom Hill is Tim Tebow 2.0. <laughs> I love Tim Tebow. Taysom Hill feels like a completely different animal. I can't believe the Saints paid him as much as they paid him because normally in negotiations, they slot you into one position. Normally it's a position that pays the absolute least. And then they tell you, oh, you should feel good to do it. $16 million for that guy who plays all over the field. What a weapon the Saints just locked in for another two years alongside Drew Brees and if Jameis Winston has to play Jameis Winston. Definitely, he's definitely worth the money because what people don't understand when Taysom Hill comes into the game, you don't know 
on the defensive side of the ball, what personnel to call in for. Mm. You don't know if he's going to line up as a tight end, so you bring in another safety. You don't know if he's going to go as a slot receiver, so you got to bring in a quarter. You don't know if he's going to go to a running back, so you don't know what he's coming in to play. So that's why the Saints always have the offensive edge because you don't know where he's going to line up on the offensive side of the ball. Hey, that's a pretty deep piece of analysis right there, Brandon. I appreciate that. I try to do what I can. <laughs> I love the game. So X's and O's are my thing, man. I'm a, I study the game all the time. So that's me. Why are the Patriots better than everybody for the last 20 years? Is it because of Tom Brady or is it because of the X's and O's and Bill Belichick and his dog taking a second a Division II player <laughs> as their first pick in the draft? You think the Patriots will be able to keep it going with Bill Belichick at the helm? Are they going to win games strictly because Bill Belichick is a better coach than other coaches? <laughs> That, that's tough because you can't replace Tom Brady. But at the end of the day, Bill Belichick knows how to use his players to the best of their ability. If you're a guy that can just rush the quarterback, he's never going to drop you in coverage. He's just going to make sure you're only coming in in packages just to rush the quarterback. You know, the safety that he drafted out of Lenore Ryan first round, he's going to do exactly what Bill Belichick needs him to do. Whatever that is, a Bill Belichick feels like he needs this guy to cover tight ends, that's all he's going to do all year. You don't have to worry about him being in the middle of the field and make interceptions. Nah, we have McCourty for that. We're going to bring him just to do this right here because that's going to make the Patriots defense that much more dynamite, and that's why they always win games. They use players to the best of their ability. That's insane to think that they're probably going to win games next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're probably just going to win. It's but, gonna... but think about it, Pat. Brady didn't have a great year last year, and they still almost had a bye. They didn't just barely make the playoffs. They almost had a bye with Brady not playing his best. Right now, I don't know a quarterback they're going to start. I feel like they should have brought a Cam or a Jameis in to just ensure that they'll have great quarterback play. But – I just the only thing that's concerning me about the Patriots right now, I just don't know who their QB one is going to be. Okay, that's a great transition, and you did it for me. Cam Newton is now minus one sixty on most betting sites and at FanDuel to land with the New England Patriots. You think Cam Newton and Bill Belichick? I'm not sure how how well you know Cam. I don't know him at all. Just from the outside looking in, football wise, you think Cam Newton, Bill Belichick become a successful tandem if he was to go there? I think they will just because Cam won't walk in the door with no ego. What ego can you have when you go to the Patriots? They won so many Super Bowls. If Bill Belichick tells you to do it this way, it's for a reason. You're going to buy in. It's not a guy that's coming from college saying, we're doing it this way. I don't care how you did it before. Hmm. He doesn't have Super Bowls or titles under his belt. I think Cam, knowing that he's been on the market this long and know everybody in the league isn't just trying to do anything to get him, I mean, it gotta humble you in some sense. So he'll walk in that he'll walk in that building with his ego at the door. He'll do everything Bill Belichick needs him to do. And he's still a freak of nature. He's still a NFL MVP. He's still the rookie MVP. He took a Carolina team to the Super Bowl where he didn't have weapons like that on the outside, you know? So he can oh, definitely no. get a job that I think it'll be a perfect fit. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. think it'll be a perfect fit, man. I've been because s- Brandon, I've Cam been saying. Eagle, not to cut you off, I just think Cam Eagle is not going to let him be a backup quarterback. I think he might sit out a year if he has to uh-huh. sign and be a backup corner, 
quarterback going into camp. I agree. And I also agree that his ego is the same reason why he's working his ass off right now because Carolina kind of forced him out. So I think Cam Newton is going to come back and be in full strength. Like, I think Cam Newton is potentially going to be his best self at the age of, what, 31 right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's 31. He still has four or five years of greatness if he wants it, even with his style. If he ends up at the Patriots, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> so, so, so upset. Uh, Brandon, every time you come on, I feel like I learned and I enjoy the hell out of the conversation. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me, Pat. I always enjoy myself, man. Hey, appreciate enjoy, you. enjoy those kids, dude. You know, fatherhood's the best hood. You know that. That's what they best say. Best hood you can ever have. Be a part of. I agree. <laughs> is it a night- <laughs> hey, is it a nightmare over there? Huh? It's a, It's got to be. Uh, I mean, when you're the teacher, the nanny, the <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, just waking up because they know they don't have school in the morning to watch a movie. I mean, I'm wearing every hat you can possibly wear, but it's cool. Hey, well, you look great. You look like you're handling it well. Let's hope this is over soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Flowers. Yeah! Thank you, man. Woo! Thank you. Can't thank you enough for listening to this show. I know you got a lot of other stuff going on. Actually, not really, I guess. I know you could choose to listen to other content or let something else penetrate your ears. And the fact that you allow us to do so, I am incredibly thankful for. I have no idea what my future holds. I have no idea what the world's future holds. But I do know that every moment we get to share together, I'm grateful. You're the best. Remember, hashtag, this is where I'm at, Pat. Show me a picture of where you're hanging out in quarantine. We'll be going through sending merch to randoms in there. I can't thank you enough. Have an incredible Tuesday. We will see you on Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.